But before I introduce our author, I just want to say that the LoJ Book Club is brought to you by the Book Club Restaurant in South Minneapolis. And if you mention the Lori and Julia Book Club, you can, and if you're 21 and over, over, older, you can get a, well, we call it a hot toddy. Nice. Cocoa, you know, apple cider, but add add some some booze to that. Yeah. They've got a good they've got a good hot drinks mess. Oh, that's um, awesome. Um menu. So anyway, we are delighted, delighted, delighted because uh we have um our latest and greatest book that we just love. The Secret Society of Salzburg is the name of the book. The author, Renee Ryan, is joining us. Hello, Renee. How are you? We are good, and we love historical fiction, and we did not read your book, The Widows of Champagne. I don't think I've read any of your book. I mean, you've written so many, but absolutely just fell in love with the Secret Society of Salzburg, and um, so we're glad to know you now. Oh, that makes me so happy. I... um you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. So for some of us, it takes 30 books to get any sort of traction, and others just hit it right out of the gate. I would be one of the not-hit-it-out-of-the-gate people. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, Renee, I would put you alongside, you know, like uh, we love Kate Quinn and um, Kristen Harmel. I mean, you're a very good storyteller and writer, and... If you're a fan of anything that's inspired by true events, the Secret Society of Salzburg was just such a different take on World War II. So if you could give people a setup of the story. Sure. It was, um, I found out about these two sisters. They were called Ida and Louise Cook, and they were British copying typists. They were British civil servants in the 1930s, and they were opera fans. And they sort of fell into becoming opera fans very accidentally. And then they just became sort of almost what we would call today groupies, where they would just travel everywhere to listen to opera and all over Europe. And they started meeting all of the opera, um, the artists and things like that. Like they would wait at the stage door mm-hmm. to get their to get their autographs. And that just really inspired me because then I found out they ended up starting to use their travels to help Jewish refugees out of Nazi Germany into England and into America. And the problem was is the immigration was very, very tight. They had a lot of immigration laws. And so these Jewish refugees could not get into America and the United, and the United Kingdom without visas and help, and these women helped them. And so that is what this book was based on with mm. Ida and Louise. And But my as I started bringing into, I was like, well, I need an opera singer. I need yeah. an opera singer if I'm going to tell this story. And Elsa sort of came to life almost without any sort of um, plotting. And she just became, she just jumped on the page for me, and that's never happened. And it really became Elsa's story. Yeah. It, it really does. And, you know, you also made me think um, in in reading this, because I know Elsa is the, you know, fictional part. Of, but I thought, I wonder how many people, women, women or men, I guess, but like people who got caught up in the Nazi 
net, if you will, before their real evil becomes known, known more like in the late 30s, they become lovers or mistresses of somebody and then they end up realizing what's going on and becoming a spy for the other side. I mean, it's terribly exciting, uh, the, the story <laughs> that you wove about that. <laughs> I, you know, I think that I, I think that I've always thought I'm a former high school teacher and, okay. I, and I used to teach about the American Revolution, and everybody that's an American is always, I would have been a rebel. And I'm just like, really? Would you have? Yeah. You know, it would have been so easy to remain a loyalist and just to be a part of the England because that's all you ever knew. Right. And so I started kind of thinking about that when I was writing Elsa, who was very Austrian, like to the, you know, down to the marrow, mm-hmm. she was an Austrian. And there were there was a lot of political unrest in Austria long before even Hitler became to power. That's right. And there was this con- concern of who are we? Mm-hmm. And um, and so yes, and she fell in love with a fellow Austrian who was quite the opportunist. Yes, it turned out. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh boy, I mean, Renee, now I want to read everything that you've written, because this one was so good, and man, whoever did your cover, and now we did see your news that Costco put you in there, don't miss these great new reads, and you're right next to Spare by Prince Harry. I know, I was like, I am hanging out with royalty. Literally. I I can't buy that kind of, that kind of exposure, it's just been so fabulous to to see that Costco made the buy I think it was eight months ago you know the thing about the book business is um, I, I finished this book I was in revisions a year ago on this book and it takes that long wow. before it's in pub, on, you know actually on the shelf mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that and um, when I found out it was going to be in Costco but I also I think you noticed that I had a December 27th release date and i was just like nobody's gonna want this book it's in between the holidays and then costco picked it up and i was like well maybe somebody will find the book yeah i'm just hopeful that's that's amazing and you got whoever did your cover it's beautiful i mean if people buy books department yeah gorgeous renee i have a question so you write historical fiction and what is it? Do you think it is harder or easier to have some his like the history aspect anchored to that for you? I think um, I, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think I have another friend who we we, we she and I started as romance novelists, mm-hmm. and when you write, I used to write historical romance, and when you write historical romance. The history is always very much, almost like the wallpaper on the wall. It's very much the backdrop. Because in romance, it's all about the relationships, mm-hmm. right? And um, and I've always been just, I love falling down rabbit holes. I am a history guru. I think it comes back from getting a master's in religious studies and history and mm-hmm. teaching high school. And the problem with what I notice with a lot of people who are trying to write historical fiction is don't look now, but your research is showing. Yeah. And, mm. <laughs> and it can really overwhelm the story. So I always say I have to know a hundred percent about the era, but only 25% is going to show up in the book. Yeah, that's very good. That's, that's very awesome. good because yes, you give a, you give us a lot of, story and i like the 
I mean, I like the. I mean, we go, we've, I felt like, I, even though I've never been to Salzburg, I felt like I knew what that opera house looked like. I mean, just rich, um, with rich with good descriptions and storytelling. Well, do you know um, the connection to the opera house? And, and you maybe not have caught it, but it is the opera house. It's a real place where but, the Von Trapp family, from uh, Sound of you know, Sound of Music, yes. the Von Trapp family, that was the Salzburg Festival that they performed in yes. when they escaped when they escaped Austria and yeah. went over the mountain. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that, but of course it was. And when you think about that, I love that. And then also Covent Gardens. I never realized that Covent Gardens was the opera house in London. Yes, yes, the Royal Opera House. And the, um, over the years, I think they start they started calling it Covent Garden, the Royal Opera House. Got it. Of, interchangeable it's the the terms are interchangeable but just you know this the two sisters the relationship between the two sisters um elsa uh, you know was just a wonderful heroine and also you know it really it kind of made me feel more passionate and certain you know that every we need the world needs to be out loud in their support of ukraine because reading Secret Society of Salzburg, the 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 quiet, the silence from other countries when we had intelligence and they knew kind of what was going on, it's it's all such a delicate thing that can be happening. But you know, here I feel like we have a situation happening again with the Ukraine and it, Russia. You are so right, and. Um, even our own refugee, you know, issues, mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, our immigration and refugees. And when I started, I, I actually fell down a really deep rabbit hole in terms of studying the British immigration laws in the 1930s. Oh, they and didn't want anyone just, coming in. Oh, no, they wouldn't. They, yes, it's it's the nationalism is really the word where yeah. they just would not let anyone come in. And they knew what was going on. And, and it's sort of like, I, I think what people don't understand is that everyone sort of in Europe, but especially in Germany and the, and the occupied countries, Hitler was very clear, and the Nazis were very clear what their plan was. Yeah. They wanted that final solution. And then there's, you know, a lot of, when it goes back to when I was teaching, or a lot of people even now, well, why didn't the Jewish people just leave? And it was so much more complicated than that. Right. and. Uh, it wasn't just that they didn't didn't want to or couldn't or didn't realize that there was danger. It was that they had nowhere to go yeah. and no countries were welcoming them. Right. Yeah. It's just it just I always you know I mean maybe maybe that's why you know historical f- fiction is is good and important to read because we have people are like how many stories can there be about World War Two and I'm like how many lives are there. Yeah. You know, not enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and, and it's important to remember that history does repeat itself and, and we have to be vigilant and out loud. And I think that, you know, reading your book, that just was something that I took away from it that I hadn't quite realized because your book is set early, you know, 1938 or whatever year it starts or going back and forth. Uh, yeah. Right. It's a 10 year span. Yes. I think um, the book opens in 1943. Yes. And then we, nine, nine years, and then we jump back, back and to forth. Yeah. Um, the 1934, which is when everything seems so much um, 
rosier. Yes. You know, just so yeah. much more. Yes, oh, just very rose-colored glasses. Very, and well, Renee, we have to go. We're out of time, but we're so glad to meet you. We're going to keep our eye on you, and we give big thumbs up to the Secret Society of Salzburg. It's just a, a wonderful book to read, and um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was a, such a privilege. I appreciate your insightful questions. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, look at that, Brittany. All right. I'll call Grant, <laughs> 651-641-1071, uh, if you'd like a copy. First two, uh, you know, callers, as long as you haven't, like, won last week, please. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye, Renee.